0: Welcome in, everybody, to the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay, here with Gerald and Flex, and we are all going through it as a collective, both because of what we've been given from the Phoenix Suns and also the illnesses that we have also been given from just being alive in general. So bear with us today if our voices sound a little bit funky or if we're just a little bit slow on our train of thought, because like I said, we're all going through it. Um, I won't make Gerald and Flex talk too much here on this one because they're struggling from the vocal perspective more than I am. But the short of it is we got issues, you guys. The Suns have a lot of issues that desperately need to be ironed out and we cannot rely on Bradley Beal returning or trades to happen to fix them. We have this team. They got to figure it out with this team. So on today's show, we're going to dive into what some of those issues are. And first and foremost, let's talk about the offense. It's been rough at times, right? We resort to iso ball quite a bit. Sometimes we get caught watching other guys on the court. Careless passes, careless turnovers. The flow is a little bit eh at times. How are you guys feeling about the Suns offense?
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me is until this last stretch of games, the last three games, they were a top 10 offense. um, And we weren't really talking much about it, but the way that they played over these last three games have been so bad. They've dropped to 13th in offensive rating in the NBA. Um, The flow for point book just hasn't been there. Like it was early in the season. It, It looks like he's forcing a little bit too much on offense. He's resorting to his comfort zone a little bit in the mid range. And he hasn't been great from the mid range in these last handful of games. Um, And it goes so much deeper than that. You look at the role players, guys outside of the big three and Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen, none of those guys is shooting better than 36% from three. And a lot of these guys, you know, Utah, KBD were guys that were coming off career years with shooting the ball from three. You know, we were hoping that these would be guys that could be two way players. And unfortunately, it looks like for Frank Vogel's rotations, a lot of these guys are either offense heavy or defense heavy. And there's very little in between. I think that's why we're kind of seeing Nasir Little and Chimezi Metu get more minutes is because they're the closest thing this team has to two-way players right now. So uh, offensively, it, it just kind of feels like we saw it in the first quarter last night against Portland, that first quarter. The ball was moving. They were playing with pace. They were getting a lot of shots up. It was equal opportunity for everybody on offense being led by the star players. And once those shots start falling or the other team starts making shots, it feels like they kind of just abandon that and they go into ISO heavy basketball with Book or KD. And I think in the playoffs, that can be a blessing to have guys that can do that. But in the regular season, you need to keep everybody involved and it feels like too often the role guys are just kind of standing around waiting to see if the ball is going to come to them and then in the fourth quarters when they need guys to make shots like they're only getting like one or two shots in those quarters that's a very small sample size and it's a make or miss league so you're not giving them a lot of uh, opportunity to get in a rhythm there and I think it's the reason why they're 29th in net rating in the fourth quarters I think that offensive flow has been a big issue and it's something that they're going to have to find a way around because when it works, we saw last night, it really works. But they just don't stick with it for long enough or execute long enough to make it a consistent thing.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to jump right on top of that, uh, G, and I'm going to talk about offensive awareness. Like this is something that really bothered me yesterday. And we constantly talk about the big three and them needing help. But in that first half yesterday, you started the first quarter you were up 36-20, the ball was moving around. The second quarter, you end the half you're up 61 to 49. The ball's moving around. You had a 16-point lead followed by a 12-point lead going into the locker room. This is where the game shifted and this is on Book and KD. This is on Book and KD. I'm going to give you a quick rundown cuz I know we don't I don't want to be long-winded here, but here's the quick rundown of a 5-minute and 54 second stretch that absolutely blew this game for the Phoenix Suns and his offensive awareness from your two best players. Okay. The Suns come out the locker room, the 1124 mark Booker missed jump shot the 1103 mark KD missed jump shot the 1008 mark KD missed jump shot the 1002 mark book missed jump shot 934 mark book missed jump shot 904 mark. KD missed jump shot. Frank calls a timeout and says, Guys, we were just up 16 and 12. Now it's five. Get your heads out your asses. Start moving the ball. Stop playing hero ball. And let's get back to what gave us the 16 point lead. Here's what happens out of that timeout 833 mark. NERP turnover. 804 mark. KD turnover. Seven minute mark. KD turnover. 619 mark. KD turnover. Miss that uh, uh, One last shot by KD, another miss at the uh, 619 mark. Rebound, 606 mark. Malcolm Brogdon hits a three-pointer. Guess what? We're down 168-67. Five minutes and 54 seconds of absolute trash. That's the ball game, and that's offensive awareness. That's awareness, understanding time, situation, what's going on, rhythm, and saying, hey, we just can't continue to have these leads and blow them and we did that three times versus the Knicks we had 10 point leads in the third quarter three times versus the Knicks and we saw the same pattern and so now this is starting to become a problem we got to figure it out
0: yeah and to listen I'll be completely honest with you guys I went to bed last night after the first quarter so I did not watch this entire game when I woke up this morning and I saw that the Suns had lost I was completely shocked that's for certain so I can't speak to last night's turnover specifically but that is another area of emphasis that we've talked a lot about over this season, the careless turnovers from guys who historically probably haven't turned the ball over as much as it feels like they have this season. And a lot of them have been self-inflicted turnovers, which again, kind of leads to this idea of at what point is this becoming a habit and how do we break this habit if it's already been formed as one, because those are things that inevitably will hurt us in the long run. It's basically free money for the other team, right? Like we don't need to be helping them any more than we already are with the struggles that we're going through. So the taking care of the ball and not having these careless type of turnovers is going to be an important one to clean up for the Suns. And in my opinion, that one's probably one of the easier ones to clean up because a lot of the times it's being overly predictable or getting yourself in a sticky situation because you're not moving the ball correctly or you're resorting to waiting until book gets doubled and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, let me go help him real quick and you're five seconds too late. So the turnovers yeah. have been huge for the Suns.
1: And that's, that's something we've seen is even when they've cut down on the turnovers, it, it feels like they've been making timely ones at bad opportunities, like Flex just laid out that whole sequence. They were getting shots, called a timeout to resettle things, try to get something good on offense and then turned it over on three of the next four possessions. Like Those are timely moments in the game that you can't afford, especially against inferior competition when that competition is playing at home. Like They gave them confidence, and from there, they stormed their way back into the game, took the lead, and the Suns were down by 11 until that last-minute run at the end there to make it at least look like it was close. Um, And and that's been a problem all season. I, I know Kevin Durant had said earlier in the year when it comes to turnovers, like, I played on a lot of teams that turned the ball over a lot like the Warriors, but we were still a good offense. The difference is that Warriors team played at a really fast pace. The Suns team is bottom five in pace. And so when you commit even 10 to 14 turnovers somewhere that's considered a good range of turnovers to have, that's still eating into your possessions. And even if you're an elite half court offense, which the Suns have been for most of the year, You can't afford to just give away possessions like that if you're not going to push the tempo. And that's why last night was so disappointing because that first quarter, they were playing fast. Their defense was locked in. They were moving the ball a lot, like more than we've seen in recent games. And then the second and third quarter, it was like a completely different team was out there. It's just frustrating to see glimpses of what this team should look like, but not be able to sustain that high level play.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, like I said, uh, G, you, you said it earlier. It's hard for these role players to kind of go on, off, on, off, on, off the whole game. Like you, you'll you have a five-minute stretch with the ball zipping and people are shooting and they're engaged. And that, G, you know, and Lindsay, that trans, uh, transitions over to the defensive side. When you're feeling good and you're getting rhythm and you're getting shots on the offensive end, it transfers over to the defensive end. And then you have these six, seven, eight minute stretches, man, where they just don't see the ball. And then in in late in the game, you wonder why the Suns have 14 bench points. And it's like, well, damn, like now go back to the game before the bench saved us. We had 35 points against Washington off the bench. Right. That that bench saved us that night. People were pointing out that the bench only had 14 and and KD and Book need help. They do. K-D and book do need help, but K-D and book need to help themselves by getting some of these guys involved and and getting them going early and keeping them going so that later on in the game you could take advantage of it. Um these are all fixable things, guys. There is nothing I've seen seen on tape that is not fixable, but I'm tired of saying, you know, let's fix like it's time to fix it. It's time to fix it.
0: Okay. Last thing when it comes to this topic, just, I want to talk about the pace. Obviously the Suns are in the bottom half of the league when it comes to playing with pace. Darkness brought up a couple things. They said they slowed it down, cut down the turnovers, but it didn't really seem to help. And then they also pointed out that they feel like playing a slower pace isn't really helping our role players as well. What do you guys think about the pace in which the Suns play so far?
1: Absolutely. And that was supposed to be something that they were going to fix. They talked about playing at a faster pace this season coming into the year. And it, and it goes back to what I've been saying the last couple of weeks is that this team still doesn't have an identity and you can blame some of that on not having your full complement of guys about the inconsistent availability of certain players that goes beyond just the big three. But at the end of the day, like you got rid of Chris Paul's because you wanted to play faster. You wanted to put the ball in Booker's hands and the best way to guard yourself Against him basically transitioning to point guard full time and not having a quote unquote true point guard was to push the pace to attack mismatches and transition to make life easier on your stars to attack that way and also get your your role players easy buckets because we know getting a fast break layup is the easiest way to get a guy going um, on both ends, honestly. But we just haven't seen the pace. I think they're 28th in fast break points, 26th in pace overall. It just hasn't clicked and part of it is because you need to get stops to get out and run but it just feels like when something is not working in any facet of the game kd and book default to what they know and that's getting buckets and they're making life harder on themselves and on everybody else in terms of getting into a rhythm that way
2: yeah i couldn't agree more i mean it's, it's way too slow for my liking um, now there's two guys that jump out at me when I think of this and it's Brad Beal and it's Josh Akogi. Um, you need stops to get in transition. That's Josh Akogi's world. And you need Bradley Beal's tempo and speed when you got the big three out there in order to push the tempo a little bit. They're asking guys like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon to try that but it's just not in their nature G that's just not how they're built and so you see it you see them trying to do it but it's it looks like an illusion it looks like a bunch of guys trying to do something that they're not really good at doing and so again I know people don't want to hear excuses but I think some of that will get resolved organically when you get Brad Beal and a Kogi back and for all the people taking shots at Kogi, man look at the tape okay he maybe doesn't do things offensively that you love But I'd be damned if he's not so uh, super valuable on a defensive end point of attack. So we'll talk about that, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's coming up in our next segment. But, of course, we'll get our next look at the Phoenix Suns on Friday as they take on the Kings, and you can watch that game on Arizona's family sports. All you need to catch the game is an antenna. And wherever you live in Arizona, you can visit azfamily.com and click Suns Games for listing information for your area. AZ Family is a great resource to help you find Phoenix Suns games on Arizona's family sports. And if you're feeling a little under the weather and maybe you just need help getting a really good night's sleep, might I recommend our friends over at OG's and their Sleepy Time Gummy, more specifically. But OG's has something for everybody, no matter what flavor you're looking for or style you're looking for. They've got the best scratch-made THC gummies available on the market. And to learn more about OG's and their mouthwatering options and upcoming deals, head on over to ogsbrands.com. All right, now let's talk about the Suns' defense. Flex, you brought up Josh Akogi. Obviously, the Suns have missed him over the last handful of games that he has been out. Gerald, I'm not sure if there's been any updates on him. I know he's been dealing with that hip injury. But listen, you started off on the show, Gerald, talking about how a lot of people are, a lot of the guys on this team are one-sided players. Like Josh Okogi fits right into that being that he's more of a defensive player than he is an offensive player. And while I understand that offensively, he can be a liability out there. People are leaving him open. Our opponents are, we do need his defense because we've seen that without him, this team gets beat a lot. Like they're not able to stay on their man. And then that puts extra pressure on Nurk or whoever's down low. And then it turns into just a cluster and it doesn't end well, typically in our favor.
1: Yeah, it, it's been tough defensively, and everyone is going to look at Yusuf Nurkic first as the reason why that is. Um, and I, I I see there's some validity to it. Obviously, he is not the defender in space that DeAndre Ayton was. Um, you know, you look at his rim deterrence, he's holding opponents to 7.4% worse shooting at the rim than they would normally shoot, which is pretty good. But that number doesn't take into account, you know, blow buys, And it feels like the Suns give up a lot of those Um, A lot of points in the paint, I think they're bottom five or bottom 10 in that category. They're also bottom 10 in uh, opponent field goal percentage at the rim. So they're not doing a good job of keeping opponents out of the paint, of keeping them from getting efficient shots around the basket. But that's not all on Nurk. It's not like teams are just Mm -hmm. running pick and rolls to death and targeting him every time down. They're going to do that in the playoffs. But as of right now, a lot of it is the breakdowns that are happening on the perimeter guys just getting beat one on one and that's forcing help that's forcing rotations and that's how you get in trouble because you're either giving up easy points around the the paint or you're giving up kickouts to open shooters for 3 so it's one of those situations where the guys on the perimeter need to be better you know we talk about Josh Kogie and Jordan Goodwin those are kind of the only guys that are good defenders On this team, I would say KBD is a plus, but all three of those guys don't give you a lot offensively. Jordan Goodwin, he'll either have a game where he goes for 10 to 15 points or he'll go 0 of 7. Josh Akogi, we know they've been leaving him wide open and he's only shooting like 27% from 3. Jordan Goodwin's only at like 30%. And KBD is at 25%. This is a guy that shot nearly 40% last year, and we were wondering would the three-point shooting hold up so far He hasn't really played enough to get in the rhythm. And the answer is no. So you have your three best defenders that you can't really trust to stay on the floor offensively. That's a big problem because the rest of the guys just have to be better. They have to care more about keeping the ball in front of them. And again, that's why last night was so disappointing because the first quarter they were locked in, they were turning over this young Blazers team 10 times in the first quarter. They were getting into their, into their shit. Like they were defending at a really high level and it just completely disappeared after that there were a couple possessions where book got switched onto a guy and jabari walker got a, a wide open three-pointer on the wing or in the corner and book didn't even bother to go out there you know like book talks a lot about how he respects everybody in this league but you can't give anybody in this nba wide open threes and expect them to miss even with the blazers being a bad three-point shooting team so it, it's one yeah. of those things where defensively they have to be better at the point of attack Their wing rotation is kind of in shambles right now, looking for any semblance of continuity and and consistency. And I think that's hurting the defense. At a certain point, Frank Vogel just has to pick a rotation and stick with it just so these guys can try to learn how to play together on a string.
2: Yeah, a lot to unpack there, G. Um, I couldn't agree more. Listen, Josh Okogi's missed uh, tremendously. He's our best point of attack defender. You got good go when you got KBD. Now, you talked about how their liability is on offense. So you have to figure it out, and you have to make sure they're out there with the right people around him. Um, but I will say this. We talked about pace. The way you pick up pace is how you get stops, and you get the ball out in transition, you start running. Those guys are good at that. You talk about Nurkic. I keep hearing about Nurkic, and I'm, I'm, it's aggravating me. Because when I'm watching a film, I'm seeing a guy playing hard. And, and, and when I coached at a, you know, at a certain level, I would tell my guys, don't use defensive help and rotations as an excuse for you not to play man to man defense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what, ha- what what I see happening on film is guys getting beat. And then they're turned around. They're like, oh, yo, you were supposed to be there. Like, no, don't get beat in the first place. Don't get beat in the first place. And then we're not talking about rotations and we're not talking about help defense and we're not putting ourselves in that predicament. And I think that's where Nerd gets put in a bad spot because it's like, hey, you know, he may look bad on that rotation, but damn, look at the, look at what happened right before that. So um, I think those three guys give us a better chance. I will say this. and And again, this is just my opinion, guys. I mean, I know, People are gonna talk about Josh O'Kogee and and say what they want. Um, if you go back and look at the Nick game at MSG and you go back and look at the Nick game here, common denominator was Josh Kogi was out there. And although Jalen Brunson, I think, had 38 in that game, he didn't have 50. <laughs> and he didn't have the greatest, one of the greatest shooting games of any guard I've ever seen in my life, right? And I like to think that Josh Okie being out there and making that 50 or 40 or 35. That's a tremendous help for a basketball team, especially in the game where every time we were up 10, it felt like Jalen Brunson hit a big shot. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we got to get to the point where we need to appreciate what these guys bring to the table. We need a full deck of cards when that's coming. We don't know. But I will say for the people that get on Josh, uh, he brings a lot more than just the box score um, to this basketball team. So we're missing him desperately in these last couple of games.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing, when it comes to defense for the Suns, like they don't need to be a fantastic defensive team, in my opinion. They just need to be slightly above average. And I think that they have the tools on this team. They've got the players who are capable of playing above average defense. Uh, Sometimes it feels like even, you know, flex to your point when you're saying they'll get blown by and turn around and be like, well, where were you? Or the, oh, my bad kind of situations that we've seen a lot this year. It's like, okay, well, it's enough. No yeah. more my bads. No more No more, my bad, no more bad, relying yeah. on the guy behind me to help pick up. In certain occasions, sure, that happens on a regular basis, but we're seeing my bads almost every single yeah. game, sometimes multiple times a game. And it's like, okay, we need to cut down on that quite a bit because you're more than capable of doing it. Half of the time, what do they say about defense? A lot of the time it's just energy and effort. Yeah. And we have right. to put that into our defensive efforts in order to cut this down. Like we can't just solely rely on the offensive firepower that we know this team has because as we talked about just a few minutes ago there's struggles happening there so that can't be your fallback you have to put in the energy and the effort defensively as well and like i said i don't think any of us are asking for top defense in the NBA. We're just asking for slightly above average defense. Right.
2: Can I just point out something real quick? Somebody in the chat, somebody said uh, he's talking about a Kogi. I don't know who it is. I'm too sick to even be looking, man. But he knows who he is. Um, <clears throat> he's talking about a Kogi gave up 38 points. No, no. A Kogi didn't give Jalen Brunson 38 points in New York. If you know basketball, th- those 38 points weren't solely scored on Josh Kogi. That's a collective effort. Josh Kogi didn't play 48 minutes and he didn't deed Jalen Brunson every minute that Jalen Brunson scored 38 York so we got to stop this stuff man like if y'all want us to give y'all a certain perspective like watch the game watch the film and when you say stuff like that that irritates me but anyway I'm I'm just a grumpy sick guy right now
1: and and I will say to the defensive point like I said everyone wants to talk about Nurkic and, and I think yes he has his flaws I'm concerned about certain things come playoff time but I think he's done about as well as you could expect and Frank Vogel has done about as well as you could with him as the defensive center keep in mind his defensive systems have always been built on having an elite rim protector shot blocking type big so adjusting his system to make it work with a guy like nurk has been part of this struggle i think but for me the defensive end starts with your two stars it starts with devin booker and it starts with kevin durant and i don't think either one of them has been good enough on that end i think because of the toll that book has had playing point guard and being a scorer because of the toll that KD has had, especially early in the season at age 35, having to carry a lot of these games without Book and or Beal out there. I think that there's some leeway in terms of the effort that they give on that end. But you know, when, now that guys are starting to finally get healthy, they have to be better defensively. We've seen too many my bads. We've seen too many just trotting back in transition, too many plays like that. And we saw it in the first quarter when those guys were locked in, everybody else followed suit. And when they started to slack off and take most of the shots, everybody else kind of did the same thing and slacked off too. So it starts with those two. It can't be 36 unbothered anymore. They need to give a shit about the defensive end.
0: We need you to be bothered. Please. (laughs) Yeah. Be bothered. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. Christmas is literally around the corner. Things tip off this Sunday, uh, Christmas Eve. If you're still looking for last-minute gifts, you know you can always rely on our friends at Arizona Lottery. Uh, Scratchers start at just $1, and you can win up to $500,000 in prizes. So go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. You can find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com, but you must be 21 or older to play. And also, if you are not really looking to give – you know, certain types of gifts. You just want to gift the household something nice as a whole. Empire Today is your place to go for new flooring. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and the floor visualizer is Chef's Kiss. You can check it out at EmpireToday.com/phmx so you can see exactly what a brand new floor would look like in your very own space. So schedule a free in-home estimate today and everyone can receive a $350 off discount when you use the promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash PHNX for details. All right, guys. One of the last um, areas, I suppose, if you wanted to, that we're going to talk about is just kind of the heart and hustle of this team. I think from a fan perspective, that's been one of the things that I've seen a lot of people point out that when we're watching games, it just doesn't feel Like there's as much heart and hustle put into these games as we have seen in the past. Now, I'm going to obviously disclaimer this with the idea and the notion that we all know that these players want to win games. We all know that they are doing what they can to win games, but it doesn't feel like that always to those of us who are watching. And I think that's another area um, that could be of concern. I mean, we've seen it. We've talked about the body language and just kind of feeling like hanging of heads when shots aren't falling. Like that's something that I think would be nice to see the sun sort of turn around. I think if they're having a little more fun, it'll be a little bit easier to trudge through the trenches of these dark times of suns basketball.
1: Yeah. I I don't normally like to play body language doctor, but it, it does look, I think that's why it stood out to me is because I am noticing this and I normally don't, you know, try to read too much into that sort of thing. It does feel like at times there's just a collective frustration with how games are going. Like we saw it last night in the Blazers third quarter when they were going on a run, they called the timeout. It's just not the same. And I know that there's a lot of people that want to talk about, you know, this team doesn't spark joy anymore. Like it used to with McHale and Cam and all the bench celebrations and all that. And, and I think we maybe took for granted or didn't realize in the moment how important that type of chemistry and camaraderie can be, because this is an all-new group of guys. They don't know each other like those teams did, Um, and it's easier to build that camaraderie and chemistry when you're winning as opposed to when you're losing. So I I think we're seeing that in full effect here so far. It's not to say these guys don't like playing with each other, that they don't like each other, that they're not going to figure it out. But as of right now, there's just a complete lack of joy in watching this team play. And I think for them, there's a lack of joy in playing the game itself. Like this is supposed to be fun. It hasn't looked fun. They've had to scratch and claw for everything against a four win wizards team. And they lost to a six win blazers team. Like they have a lot of things to figure out. It feels like they have some demons to exercise as a group. Um, And and I just don't, I don't, it starts with your leaders. I don't know how it starts other than that. Like people are going to point to, Frank Vogel and ask, you know, whether it's time to consider a coaching change. Is he on the hot seat? And like, to a certain extent, this team should be better. As long as it has Devin Booker and Kevin Durant out there, it shouldn't be losing to the Blazers or struggling to beat the Wizards. So there is some blame on Bogle's plate as well, but it, it just feels like collectively this group is not on the same page and they need to figure it out because adding Bradley Beal to the equation isn't going to change things. The way that they've responded to this early season adversity is worrying to me because it doesn't it doesn't scream championship medal to me at all it 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 feels like a group that when their back is against it has kind of wilted each time um and they're gonna have to find a way through it i know that this three game stretch has only been three games but they've lost seven of their last ten so it's been going on for a while and it's something they need to find a way through fast
2: yeah i'm i'm a big body language guy we talked about it in studio during a Washington game, you could just see that there's something wrong. Now, from my perspective as a player, as a coach, I, I will say this. Uh, everyone, that's an everyone problem when you when you have that type of issue. Um, it's not just the players or the coaches. it's It's everyone. The coach has to have the temperature of the room, and the coach has to do a better job of understanding before it snowballs into something even crazier – that there's a problem. So I want to say that the coaches have to at some point do a better job of that. And then the players have to respond to that. The players have to understand, Hey man, this is just something not right. Now I go back to the Chris Paul McHale book, 2021 team, that team started the year eight and eight. And, and there was some, there was some things during that first 16 games that made you feel, but the one thing that they had that year was health. They were able to, Continuously play with the same guys in the same rotations with the same message, and eventually they got it worked out. Unfortunately, this team has been a roller coaster with injuries, and so n- not an excuse, like you said. I don't think Brad Beal fixes everything. Um, but at some point, I, I think what's happening with this basketball s- team psychologically, Gerald and Lindsay, is um they're fabric they're, they're like fabric but they're, they're like yo what do we do like every time we think we got some momentum something else goes wrong and that psychologically beats you up and I, I look at Kevin and Devin they have to be better but I can see the frustration in them too um and so there's no magic pill that's gonna fix this there's no magical trade that's going to fix this. I'm reading the chats and I'm seeing people saying, do this, do that. Understand they're handcuffed. They don't have many options. There's going to be very little with what they can do. So it's safe to say that when this team is healthy, aside from a couple of low adjustments, these is who you got. So you got to do a better job of just uh, galvanizing that group and getting them to figure out what they need to do as opposed to trying to point the finger and yeah. say, oh, well, this guy's better. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I think in these times, like trying times, like the Suns are going through right now, it can go one of two ways. You can either come together as a group and yeah. really trust one another and go together, or you can all take like an individual perspective on things yeah. where I think Priscilla brought it up in the chat. Like you could be playing for your own next contract at that point, or to get your own numbers or your own whatever, this, that, or the other. It could go one of two ways, and if it goes the individualistic route, we're in big, big trouble. But if they come together, they put their head down, they make sure they're there for one another, then I think they have a shot at turning things around. And it's only going to get harder from here because, listen, we saw it. They had one of the easier schedules to start the season, but now we're turning the corner to where we're going into one of the tougher stretches of the season. Like we have, I believe, isn't it the hardest remaining schedule?
2: It's the toughest, yeah. But, you know, Lindsay, I will say this. That's a little bit misguided. I mean, it's just way too early in the year.
0: I mean, yeah, and it's like, you know, you can lean into it or you can buy into it however much you want to, but regardless, the fact of the matter is there are going to be some tougher opponents Mm -hmm. around the corner for the Suns, and they have to make the concerted effort now to tackle it as a group and to Mm -hmm. not let all of the issues or the struggles with injuries or whatever really beat them down but bring them together. And that's going to be, in my opinion, one of the biggest uh, difference makers for this group is how they react to all of this in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, I I just want to say like, this is tough and I understand why people are frustrated and it's okay to be frustrated and upset and um, not feel good about this. That's, that's cool. Um, But, I, I still believe in this basketball team. I really do. I, I just there's something about this team that just isn't right. And I think these things are correctable. And I'm going to continue to support and lean on the fact that I think we got some really good basketball players that will figure it out. And I, I want to say that when they fully they get a full deck of cards and they can do that for five, seven, 10 games straight. um, I think we'll see some of this stuff turn around. So The sky's not falling for me yet. I'm just uh, frustrated with what I'm seeing the last two, three games.
0: Yeah, absolutely fair to have frustration around this team right now. Um, If you're looking for a place to go that hopefully won't make you frustrated, check out Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Not only do they have some of the best entertainment and excitement levels you will find in the desert, But they also have a lot of amenities that will help you relax and kick back as well. And not to mention, they have Arizona's largest casino sportsbook as well. But you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playatgila.com for more details. Also, when it comes to betting, uh, just a personal recommendation, you can take it or leave it. I would leave the Suns winning or losing out of your same-game parlays because they seem to be the one leg that doesn't hit for us this season at least for the near future, right? Maybe just not lean on that. But you can take advantage of BetMGM's $1,500 first bet offer right now when you sign up for BetMGM using the bonus code P-H-N-X. You place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. And if that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. You can check out the show notes for full details. And I believe now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer.
1: problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877 y or text Y four six seven three six nine New York. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. Twenty-one plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call one hundred next step Arizona. One Nevada. One eight hundred BETS OFF Iowa. One eight hundred two seven zero seven one one seven for confidential help. Michigan. One eight hundred nine eight one zero zero two three Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit Betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario.
0: All right. We have a couple super chats to round out the show with big Vernon sent us one. Thank you, big Vernon. They said the biggest problem this team has is defense. Would you say that's problem number one, or is it kind of just a culmination of a bunch of things?
2: Combination for me.
1: Yeah. I I think that's the thing is everyone's going to point to one or six different things as the biggest problem. But the truth is it's all of those things combined. And I don't think that makes anybody feel any better. But it's it's not point book. It's not just the defense. It's not just the offense. It's all of it right
0: now. Yeah. yeah. We 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 got to it's an uphill battle, you guys, but we'll yeah. hopefully get there. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. All Tech sent us one. Thank you. They said finally ordered a Beale jersey. Pretty sure I'll be the only one wrapping him in St. Louis. Disrespectful. I'm tired of all of this Tatum gear, LOL. <laughs> Listen.
2: Good luck with here. that. Yeah, good luck yes. with that. <laughs> nah, no, man, I, I love Brad. Good luck with that, though.
0: We're sending you all <laughs> the love. Uh, keep repping, though. Don't, don't yes. put a paper bag over your head just yet. Not yet. Yep, not yet. In a month or two, we'll revisit, but not yet. Just hang <laughs> <Yeah>. tight. <laughs> all right, guys, any final thoughts? I know this is a little bit of a shorter show today, guys, but like I said off the top, we are going through it in multiple ways over here at phnx uh any final thoughts before we say goodbye
1: my, my one thing because i see people playing revisionist historian on twitter as far as we shouldn't have traded for kd we shouldn't have traded for brad beal we shouldn't have traded you know da away um, a couple of reminders they got brad beal for an agent chris paul who the complaint against him was that he couldn't stay healthy and landry Shammit and a couple of picks the situation with DA was untenable. So as much as we're going to complain about Nurkic's defense, bringing him back wasn't an option. We saw our peak with him last year. Defensively, he regressed. He regressed in a lot of categories. So that was a no-go. And the Kevin Durant thing, like, if you can watch him play and see the numbers he's putting up and still think that trading for him was a mistake, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think it's the fact that the worst possible outcome in all of these scenarios come to fruition bradley beal getting injured the supporting cast not living up to expectations the coaching thing not falling in line point book not working out the way it was earlier in the season it's all of those things combining at once and i don't think anyone saw that coming so if we were going to sit there and praise matt ishbia for going all in and bringing these superstars here and this big three era we knew that this was a possibility i don't think we knew it was a possibility that all these things would happen at once but Here it is, and now we need to move past the adversity and see what they can do with the rest of the season. And that's kind of where we're at.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll leave it kind of piggybacking off of you. I'm a blessing in disguise guy. I'm a guy that wants to see the whole thing play out. I'm not a guy that looks at the movie for 20 minutes and says it sucks and just walks out the theater. I want to see the whole thing because it might end great. Um, And so the Suns have been hit with every possible issue that you can imagine through this 25 games or whatever it's been. And my silver lining is they've, they're dealing with it right now. Had all this happened at the end of the year, that would be catastrophic. But the fact that it's happening now and there's still plenty of time to fix it, uh, gives me a little bit of encouragement. So don't just bail on this team. Let, let's watch the whole movie. Lindsay, you said this the other day, let's watch the whole damn movie. I didn't. And at the end, stand on whatever you're going to stand on. I'm going to stand on. I think this team is going to turn it around and give themselves and put themselves in position to do something really good at the end of the year. I'm going to stand on that. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but uh, don't give up guys. Don't have selective amnesia. Let it play out.
0: Yeah. We know it's an uphill battle right now with where the sons are sitting, but It's not the end of the road. Like There's still time to turn things around and potentially have a lot of fun watching Suns basketball. So hang tight, guys. I know sometimes you might need a break, and I think that's okay. Like I totally get it. I think maybe all of our bodies were collectively like, hey, maybe you can sit this one out when it comes to the Portland game because we already know it's not going to be great for you. But um, listen, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. We'll figure it out. My final thing is just for everybody who is – Screaming at the rooftops about Ricky Rubio and the news that (laughs) popped off about that today. I wouldn't get your hopes up. Ricky Rubio came out and said he's dealing with a lot of things that are heavy on his shoulder and mentals. So I don't anticipate that being an option. As much as I would love to have Ricky Rubio on this squad again, I uh, wouldn't hold your breath on that one, unfortunately. But tomorrow, uh, Gerald will have an article at gophnext.com with some potential moves that the suns maybe could look at making and maybe we'll do a special Thursday episode of trade machine Tuesday for you guys. I don't know. You're just going to have to come back to find out, but you can for sure read that article tomorrow at gophmx.com. All right, guys, thank you all for joining us again. I know it was a short one today, but like I said, we're going through it. We appreciate you all being here with us. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. If you are listening, wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it, and we appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back at 3 p.m. with another show for you guys. And until then, you can give the show a follow on social at phnex underscore suns. You can follow me at Lindsey Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald bourget, and you can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. Anybody want to take us home?
2: Yeah. We're, we're all, go ahead, G. Go ahead. Before you go, we're all going to be probable on the injury report tomorrow. <laughs>
1: Go ahead, G. Wash your hands and blow your nose.